Leader Talk. 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 Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Dawson. Welcome to Leader Talk. This show is proudly brought to you by Brainiac. Each week we are meeting with incredible leaders from around the world to discuss all things leadership and business insights. Each person coming on this show has given up their valuable time for one very clear purpose, to give back to small and medium business owners. Many of us will agree that it is important for business owners to give feedback. This not only helps improve the situation, but also the person's performance. Today, my co-host, CEO of Peerlight, Gus Arianto and I are fortunate to chat to our guest speaker, Michael McNabb, Managing Director and Founder of Queensland's construction and civil company, McNabb. Michael is here today to talk to us about leadership and the importance of giving feedback. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks for having me. Hello, Michael. Thank, Thank you for donating your time for us. Very happy to be here, Gus. Thank you. Michael, we begin each of these shows by asking our guests two fun questions, and we have prepared yours. The first one we'd like to ask you is, what is your favourite sporting team, or who is your favourite sporting team? Look, I'm a bit of a sports nut, but I actually don't have a favourite sporting team. I watch English soccer, I watch American gridiron, I watch cricket, rugby, rugby league, AFL. Um, I've got to say, probably in Queensland in the rugby league season, the Broncos just in front of the Cowboys and just in front of the Titans and, and um, the Gold Coast Titans. We have an office at the Gold Coast, so they probably come second these days. But um, I, just, I really do enjoy sport and all the wonderful things it brings and some of the, some of the great coaches. I, I follow a lot of the really good coaches and Jurgen Klopp from Liverpool is one of my favourites at the moment. Talk about leadership, what a, what a cool dude he is. So that, that's my thing about sport. Fantastic. And when you're not at work, where will we find you? Um. Look, I don't have any compelling hobbies. I'm not a golfer. I'm not a horse racer. I'm not any of those things. Um, I love getting to the beach. Uh, I, I do probably spend a bit too much time in good restaurants eating food and drinking wine and having a few whiskies. But seriously, on the weekends, I'm very happy to read papers and, um, and relax, if I'm honest. But, yeah, I'm fortunate enough, I've got a place down the Gold Coast to get there quite a bit. So I'm heading there tonight. So um, looking, at, looking at the waves tomorrow morning will be where I wake up to. Oh, beautiful. Thank Lovely. you. And, Michael, before we get into some questions, can you just share or tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, look, I'll start, I guess, the McNabb business started in 1996, the Ides of March 1996, actually, um, and that, that changes dates, so depending on, I can be a bit loose with the truth there, but um, I, I, my parents are school teachers, travelled around little country towns in Queensland, which I loved. I had five primary schools and two high schools. Um you know, lived in areas from North Queensland, or well, the Atherton Tablelands outside Cairns through to Stanthorpe, so, you know, the, sort of north to the south across the state. Uh, I arrived in Toowoomba, where I still live at the moment as a, as a teenager, went to the local Christian Brothers School here and um, um, got into engineering and, and sort of got into the construction business on the back of that. So that's a little bit about me personally. Um, love living in Toowoomba, love being part of southeast Queensland. It's a pretty cool part of the world at the moment and um, you know, quite excited about the next decade at a, both a personal and business level with everything that's happening in SEQ. So. Thank you. And uh, yesterday I was actually looking at, uh, you know, your bios and I came across a quote that was alongside your photo on the McNabb website and I'm going to read it out because I found it really um, inspiring. It says, 
and this is from you, the bottom line is even after 25 years, I still love coming to work every day. And it's because of our customers and the people I get to work with. So firstly, congratulations on the 25 years. Thank you. But secondly, can you explain? Can you go into that into a bit more detail? Yeah, please? sure. Two things I'd say. Firstly, I mean, the photo on the website, I'm way younger in. I just want to make that point. That's that's me about 10 years ago. So, <laughs> I'm assuming you are 39 years old now, Michael. <laughs> thank, thank you, Gus. That's why you got me here in the first place. Hey. Bri- bribing me with flattery. Um, the other piece, and um, I, I, I sort of laughingly say, I don't enjoy getting in bed every day and going to work, if I'm really honest. Um, like all of us, there's days where we go, oh, hell, not work again. But, look, I'm pretty fortunate. I I, um, I do enjoy doing what I do. Um, you know, we've got 360, 370 wonderful staff, and um, they suck the energy. They, they bring energy to me. And, and, you know, me coming to work and working with them just gives me energy. And, Look, the construction industry at the moment is challenging with supply chain constraints, all those sorts of things. And, and Gus, you know, you'd be aware of that as much as anyone. And um, it's been a bit of a tough 12, 18 months with COVID and, and supply chain rolling into that. But honestly, you know, the, our customers, we've got some amazing customers with amazing businesses, great visionaries. Um, our supply chain, you know, our, our, our big sub- subcontractors, our big suppliers, um, you know, our industry is a bloody good industry to be part of, and I, I do really enjoy it still. And um, and my and my staff, I mean, I take energy from them very regularly. Michael, when I hear you even describing that, you 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 put a lot of emphasis around your team, the people around you, your customer bringing energy. Um, you must have a lot of strength around people skills and your focus around people, um, is that how you roll your business uh, or the expectation of the business leadership people in business? Oh, yes, I mean, I, you know, I'm crystal clear about, about well, our business anyway, and I think the majority of businesses, you know, it's so cliched, but our job is to lead and manage our people and our, our business is creating great paint on Jiprock and great lights from Peerlight, but, you know, it's about getting the best out of a, a bunch of people and and that's that's I do enjoy that piece. People will say to me, "What's your favourite building?" I actually don't have a favourite building. I've favourite outcomes where I've seen an apprentice turn into a site manager, where I've seen a young cadet turn into a project manager. Uh, you know, one of our senior construction managers was an apprentice here, sort of twenty odd years ago. So they're the sorts of things that I enjoy personally. Um, you know, and by the way, we built some pretty cool buildings. So I'm not suggesting that that I don't enjoy the building side of it, but you know. You can't come to work uh, and not enjoy the people you work with. I was fortunate enough, I'm being a bit of a name dropper, to see Branson in a, in a room with 20 people about 10 years ago and he talked about if you come to work and you're not having fun with the people around you, you shouldn't be having fun. You shouldn't. Those people shouldn't be in your business or you shouldn't be running that business, one of the two. And, I, and I've got to say, maybe I wouldn't be as blunt as him to say that, but I, I got that straight away. If you're not having fun at work with the people you're working with, you, you, you know you need to change it up because we're at work so long, 10-hour, 12-hour days. It's, it's got to be fun. You've got to enjoy working with the people. You've got to enjoy managing and leading your people. And who, 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 who should be responsible to create that environment, in your opinion, the people or the leader, to create a fun working environment or to yeah. get together yeah. or the I have a strong view that culture does start at the top, but then I also have a strong view that it needs to be fertilised, watered from the base up. 
Um, you know, so so I guess it's both ways. I mean, you know, we don't run a, a multi-state business or a multinational business. We we have four offices. You know, Sunshine Coast, the Gold Coast, Toowoomba, and Brisbane. Um, each of those offices, funnily enough, has a slightly different feel and slightly different culture. But you know, and the, but that's up to the group of people who run that. That's how they operate, how they socialise, their group activities. We don't dictate those sorts of things. But there's some really core values um, in our business that 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 set our culture. And and um, if I come to a side or an office that I'm feeling that we're we're out of whack, it's something I'll jump on straight away because I say to people, our culture is not right or wrong. It's our culture, and it's it's important for me. So you know, you know, we're not better than anyone else. Far from it. We're just we're just us. But if we don't respect our culture inside our business, we go wrong. I've seen that happen so many times. And we, when we've gone off track a little bit culturally, we we um, we stuff up in simple terms. Yeah, you sound like a great leader, Michael. I'm curious to know how would you actually describe your leadership style? Do you have a style as such? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I probably should have some more staff answer this question. I don't know. Look, um, certainly for me, it, it really is starting with understanding. I mean, you know, construction's a game. <laughs> One of my first phone calls this morning was slightly adversarial, and that's our game from time to time. It, it is that simple piece. Is we're, we're, you're dealing with a human across a desk, across the table, starting to understand them for starters and genuinely call it capturing hearts and minds, um, then, then rolling to showing people possibilities. Um, you know, one of the things I enjoy is 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 with people going. You know, we're near your potential. Your body's sitting. You're hiding. You know, hiding under a bush or whatever's that saying. I'm getting it wrong, but you know, challenging people to be better than they are. Um, I don't know what that means in a style sense, but those things I really enjoy. Hey, how are you going? What's going on for you? Um, yeah, you know what? This isn't working at the moment for either of us. How do we change it up? You're not hitting your potential, and this conversation obviously goes for a bit longer. But that—that's—that's that's the important piece to me. I've got a bunch of really cool managers and leaders around me, who, and we we spend a lot of time talking to each other about those sorts of things. I'm not sure that answered your question, Natalie. No, I, I, it definitely does. It's always curious because everyone leads differently, so it's interesting yeah. to see. You know, values yeah. always comes in there, but everyone does it differently. So we take the, the, inspiration the, of every leader. Yeah. I just leadership and management. I think you've always got to be really careful that you're clear on what you're doing on any given day. I mean, and it blends, by the way. But I mean, there's days, there's weeks where you go, guys, the leadership piece, we've given you this cultural platform, but I'm really sorry, we're going to micromanage you now to come with an outcome. So you've got to be micromanaged, manage you differently because we're not getting what we want. So it can't be all fluffy and sort of, you know, out there. It's got to be a combination. And a strong combination. Be clear: Are you managing? Are you leading in your own mind? What are you doing? Um, and if you need more management today, I'll give you more management. If you need more leadership, I'll give you more leadership. And of course, you never get that right. I mean, you know, that's a constant battle. Um, you know, I've been doing this twenty-five years, and there's days I go, "What were you thinking when you said that to, to whoever?" You know, um, you know. So that that to me is also an important component. Be clear that you know expectation setting, managing those expectations, giving people boundaries, um, KPIs, that's so important as well. It's just you just can't talk about the leadership. You've got to have strong management as well. Yeah, Michael, you know, I like what you say before. You know, at the end of the day, uh, we are running business, right? So this is not about making everyone happy and give everyone an ice cream. You know, no. at one point we need to manage and we need to lead. But I'm, I'm really... You are the first one in the whole 
leader top series from the first one that saying this word, capturing hearts and mind. Capturing hearts and mind. We, we haven't heard anyone mention that word. I, I quite like it. Can you give us a simple tricks or a simple tips? How do you capture hearts and minds of people well, effectively? You treat people like people. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, I, I have a strong view that um, you know everyone comes to work to do the right thing. Um, everyone comes to work with a family and cats and dogs and wives and kids and husbands and whatever behind them. Um, they've not come to work to you know, deliberately do something badly. Um, that they might be, something might be on in their world. It's really understanding, you know, what's going on for you, properly understanding you as a person, um, being clear that we're not happy with your performance or, or whatever it is. As you said, there's no ice creams every day. Um, but, but coming at it from a people person and, and you know, you know, Gus, I'm really unhappy with you today, mate, but, but you know, I understand this, this and this, and this is what we're going to do together to change that up. Um, I mean, to me, you know, capturing hearts and minds isn't about being constantly patting people on the back. It's about being blunt and plain about yeah. you've failed and, you know, have we not set the expectations properly? Okay, check. If we have, what's going on for you? Why haven't you dealt with this in the way that we've asked you to do? Um, and, and and that to me is as much capturing hearts and minds in a really respectful way. I mean, it's that classic. Our industry is full of people who want to scream and yell and, you know, I've been guilty of that as well over the years, but, you know, that's sort of old school rubbish in my mind these days. It's, you know, set expectations, um, support people to get to those expectations, let them know we don't, you know, you're not quite there yet. We're going to give you some support, um, treat them as a person, you know, uh, yeah, we've got our staff meeting next Thursday and and we'll do lots of fun stuff at a staff meeting, but, I mean, the capturing hearts and minds on a daily basis, it's, you know, it's honesty, it's it's um, integrity, those sorts of things are the, are the things that, and it just comes natural, I think, to most people. Yeah. Um, our industry sometimes is used to sort of the, the fear paradigm piece, whereas, you know, yell, yell as hard as you can and see how far it goes. Um, I've never seen that work effectively, and, and that's still in our industry. We know that, you know. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I'm not sure that answers your question about yes, hearts. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And I, the one thing that I like about that, Michael, at the end of the day, and we, we have a little talk session yesterday with Catherine Canuli, the head coach of the Wanderers. And she yep, said yep. at the end of the day, whether it's business or whether it's sports, uh, we only as good as the people around us. Yes. Oh, I, I totally, totally agree. I, I, I um, you know, I'm part of a few different business organisations and I, I quite often get there and people are whinging about the staff and going on. I go, well, I don't say it quite often. I'm change it up, Ch change up the fact that you, you're not recruiting properly, you're not putting the right people around you and because when you do that, it's actually way more fun as well and, and um, yeah. make, makes your life easy. Yeah, yeah. not to mention how leaders tolerate good or bad behaviour, they're responsible for the outcome. I, in my career, I saw so many leaders uh, doing great things but they tolerate bad behaviour and it's 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 a constant challenge, Gus. I mean, you know, we, we you know the feedback piece, and um, I mean, I you know, we let ourselves down. I, I think we're good at giving feedback, and I think we're good at not tolerating rubbish. But you know, every now and then we let ourselves down. Someone stays in a month too long, three months, six months too long. We haven't been. We talk about being clean with the feedback of that manager. They haven't been had the capacity to properly articulate what's going on um, and all of a sudden we have a huge problem because we chose to tolerate poor behaviour. 
and not, you know, that's not the staff member's fault. It's our business's fault and my fault from a leadership management perspective of letting that letting that through to the keeper. And um, uh, in a perfect world, everyone gets perfect feedback in the minute. But, you know, as people, that's always hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, Michael, you touched on, um, you know, challenges and being a leader obviously has its challenges. The construction mm. industry itself is currently having, you know, challenges. What are the main challenges do you think there are of being a leader today especially? What are the main challenges that face them? Look, if, I, if I'm construction specific and I don't particularly want to be, I mean, I've never seen a supply chain like this. It's just I've been in business 25 years and in the construction industry for 35. This is just weird. It's just hard. Um, you know, you, your ability to plan properly, to price properly, is I've never been more challenged by it. So that's a very specific construction challenge. Um, look, I, you know, and maybe it's I'm getting to my, you know, you know, small and SMEs. I mean, the world is, you know, bureaucracy. I mean, we've got so many layers of, of governmental um, bureaucracy when to deal with. That's really hard when you're starting out. I mean, I'm, I don't know how many staff I employ are virtually compliance-based. Um, I'll shudder to look at that overhead line. It'll probably make me cry. I don't know. But, you know, I, I, you know, starting off again, there's so much compliance that I'll argue is really unnecessary um, that, that's sort of, you know, we, we legislate in Australia for the lowest common denominator very regularly versus being entrepreneurial in our approach to legislation. You know, I think people recruit, you know, they're bits of motherhood statements, but I mean, certainly we will be challenged by employing the best people in the business on the industry in southeast Queensland for the next five years. Infrastructure Australia came out the other day and said there's likely to be 100,000 people short by the mid to late 23, based on all the civil infrastructure, big hospitals, cross river rails, casinos, um, big school rollouts plus this ridiculous boom in medium-rise construction. So, you know, capability, capacity um, um, is, is, is my biggest challenge at the moment. So that's what I'm dealing with virtually on a daily basis and challenging our, challenging myself, challenging our management team about how we are we turbo-boosting turbo ca capacity growth, um, capability growth, you know, training. We do invest a lot of time and money into our training. Is that right at the moment? We're constantly reviewing that. So, um, you know, we get our people right. Life's pretty easy usually. Yeah. And how do you, uh, you know, if capability uh, is one of the challenges being a leader, uh, and we do have short, cap, uh, you know, resource right now, yeah. uh, and you mentioned that you as an organization put a lot of investment in training, development. Uh, so I want to ask not so much about how to resolve that, as a leader where you are under pressure to perform so you can actually yep. employ more than, you know, close to 400 people. Yeah. What do you say to yourself when the speed of improving capability will be slower than your expectation? I'm sure that's yeah. how you feel. Oh, I absolutely. And it's really interesting at the moment. I've, I've probably never felt more challenged about capability, um, you know, you know, arguably our sites are working 30% harder to create the same outcome because they just have to make 30% more phone calls, do 30% more to actually achieve the same outcome. So even even a really, really good team is having to work 30% smarter or harder to deal with to deal with what's in front of them. And, look, it's not 30%, it's 20%, and, you know, that just means they're stretched. So it's really important that, you know, I, I do have high standards in our business and, you know, call it, 
you know, I have high expectations of my staff. I have high expectations of myself. I have high expectations of what we produce. In this environment, I think you've got to be be realistic about it. You, you can't be, you know, you've got to be real about the fact that we got, there's going to be some things go wrong and slip through the cracks because it's just a silly environment. Now, you don't make excuses for that. You don't plan for it. But you've got to be real about it when it happens. Um, we've been talking constantly the last couple of months um, around what that looks like differently for the next all of next year. We haven't got the answer yet. Um, we're actually, I'm doing two days, I'll call it strategy days in, in November, which is way out of cycle, just to rethink about the year next year. And what have we learnt the last six months? We're going to lock ourselves up for a couple of days and navel gaze and sit on the hill and sing. But um, we really need to, you know, I really feel that need that we've got to reset next year and capacity constraint. Um, and I'm waffling a little here because I just don't have the answer um, right at the moment. I, I know I need to tweak a few things and I, and I think I've got half the answers but I don't have all the answers. You've got to be pretty gentle on people at the moment. Put aside no ice creams. That The people in our business are judging themselves really harshly if they miss a date now because that's what they're used to doing. They're high performers. So... Um, I've got to say to them, hey, you know what, you work your backside off. I've seen absolute effort, absolute commitment, intelligent approach. You've missed the deadline. I'm okay, you know. Um, it's the nature of our market. I'm not going to shoot you over it. You know, let, let's let's reset. Let's let's not make an excuse for it, but be with them because I've got some staff who are just feeling really burnt out because they're feeling like they haven't done their job. I'm going, you're working your backsides off. You're doing a really good job. And you know, just even with little things with border closures, we had, we had three jobs either side of the border and, you know, for 10 weeks the Queens, you know, we just couldn't get subbies. They, they either live that side of the border or that side of the border and and you've got staff who are just used to having things flow, not having that, and that really impacts on them. So, you know. Michael, if I just want to play, uh, you know, if I'm really thinking about what you say there, uh, as Natalie said before, uh, you are, a, even by talking like this, we can sense how strong your leadership. And I'm sure people want to work for you, for your business. And I'm sure the people in your organization will feel very disappointed when the outcome is not reached based on the circumstances that they can control. Now, if I'm one of that employee that is feeling so bad because I can't deliver on my promise to my great leader, Michael, what do you say to me? What do you say to me when I'm wake? I come to work today and I look depressed, not because I don't like the job, but because I can't deliver what I need to do. Well, look, 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 I've been saying it relatively constantly for about a month now. Um, you know, I, I pulled a little team meeting on our job on the Queensland side of the border. Um, it's about a week ago, roughly. I think it might have been today, a week ago. And I knew they were feeling very deflated. And we just sat there and chatted about it and talked about, you know, I went through their they want to explain all the strategies of how they're dealing with it. And I just got to the end. I'm going, guys, you're doing everything. And, you know, I appreciate I can see how deflated you are. You can see it in their body language, their tone. Guys, I'm okay. I'm not stressed at all. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed for you guys. I'm not stressed about the outcome because you're doing everything you can do. To me, that was all I could say is to tell them that I'm, I'm fine. Um, I appreciate their efforts. I appreciate how hard they're working. I, and I, I appreciate they've got another fun few months in front of them. Because you've got still border controls in Queensland until December, the late December, right to Christmas Eve, virtually. Um, they're they're a kilometre away from the border. They've got a lot of people across the border. They don't want to come across, even if you know there's some anti 
back sentiment and that sort of stuff. I'm going, guys, you've got another tough two months and that's all I can do. I'll go back and see that team a couple of times between now and Christmas and just touch base with them and let them know I'm okay. Um, I'm okay that they, I'm not okay that they're not okay, but you know we're okay. So um, that's about all I can I can do, Gus. No, good, fantastic answer. Happy to take some more suggestions. <laughs> Happy to take some suggestions <laughs> on that one because it's it's going to be a bit constant for the next few months. Yeah, and I guess for anyone listening out there and they can relate to that with their staff going through similar situations, all you're really saying, Michael, is have that talk with them, isn't it? Oh, Listen yeah. to them, have that chat. That's all we can do at the moment. Oh, look again. You you, you can't um, we we can't fix those things like border controls and not being able to get staff from one. You just can't fix it. So yeah. um, we we just have to reset some expectations, lower those expectations in the context of hey guys, you know you, they're used to you know driven programs and used to hitting programs. We're not going to get there. Just let's reset. Let's let's be be okay with it. Um, no one's making excuses. Oh, we can't because the you know, dog ate my homework. That's not the nature of it. Um, and then in January, we'll relook at it when we get, we come back to the to the world of January. And, and and I know next year we've got three to four months of changing environment. You know, I I, I enjoy change. I enjoy being flexible. I you know that that's what I ducks back. But you know, I've got a lot of staff who who uh, are just totally frustrated by it, and very right. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're clearly a great leader, Michael, and uh, devote a lot of time to your employees. Curious to know, how do you actually take the time out to uh, look after yourself or, or even focus on your building your own leadership skills? Is that difficult? Uh, it is. It's something, I mean, I've, I've been part of the the, the, the executive connection organisation. I'm now on YPO. I, I do a lot of a lot of self-work, for want of a better word. I, I do make that a priority. i, I probably argue the last 12, 18 months I haven't locked myself on a beach as long as I'd like. Um, I'm, I'm crystal clear. I mean, the reason I, I want us to be a really good training organisation because I know that I need training. You know, I, you know I, I, I don't know how you feel, Gus, but I think that the, the further you go in your management, the less you know in some respects. Um, you, know, the, you know, this COVID challenge, God forbid, you know, um, all of a sudden you're cruising along your 25th year and you get COVID and, and supply chain constraints. So, you pull out of your tool kit, which which chisel or which hammer to use a building analogy do I need today? And and you cha- I'm challenged by that. What is the best one? So I'm um, I talk a lot to my peers. I, I I'm in several business groups that you know because there's always someone's got a better idea than I do. Um, you know, I've got a bunch of managers who I work with. They don't work for me, and we we debate, we debate this stuff all the time. Um, you know, training self you know, self-preservation for want of a better word in this in this environment. But certainly making sure you get the right time off. I mean, you know, we we all work huge hours and yeah, I mean, quite often senior management are 24-7 these days and, you know, the, the, these lovely things um, that mean we never go home sometimes. But um, um, I certainly wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I, I'm, I'm very much aware of it from the point of view of just giving myself a breather. But the training piece that's just critical. I've got a commitment once a month to a few things and I just do it. It just comes first because if I don't do it, I know I'm not effective. What I like about your answer there, Michael, you know, um, today I'm a, I'm a roast chicken shop. Uh, I like to own a business that either a kebab shop or a chicken shop during this time because that's the time we meant to eat. Um, you know, a lot of small business will say, well, I need training. I need, I need to improve my leadership, but it's expensive. But one thing I like about what you say before, 
you clearly demonstrate the ability to learn from your surrounding. You you say that, well, I, I'm engaging with this group and they know better than me. The starting point of Michael McNabb is other people know better. And I think that's something that a lot of people missing because the minute you think you are the best, the minute that you can learn uh, from anyone, I guess. Uh, Gus, I think, you know, I, I suspect you're the same based on that few chats. I mean, if you think you know everything in this world, you, you're sadly mistaken. And um, I remember a defining service stations all up and down Queens and I was flying home literally Christmas Eve and I realised I hadn't um, financially, you know, we'd built all these service stations and all this, but I hadn't basically sent the bills out in inverted commas and I was cash flow, with cash flow deficit big time and I'm running around Christmas Eve knocking on CFO doors of Woolworths and Sydney's on this little mug from Queensland and they, they paid a cheque on, on two days after Christmas, to, which I'm forever grateful for. But I woke the next time, like, you deal, what are you thinking? You need to get yourself better trained to run a business and, and don't for one moment. And I've never stopped ever since because um, there's just so many smart people out there who you can suck, you know, you'd be a sponge and suck it up. And, and I get small, small business and the cost of training, but I, honestly, I've, it's paid me back 20-fold, 40-fold, 60-fold. I mean, as a business, we're, we're doing um, a, a, a two-year negotiation course with QUTX, the, the professors from QUT and across the river in Brisbane, and um, we'll run most of our staff through that, and, and that's a big commitment financially and, and time-wise, but it will, it'll pay off in 23, 24, 25 in spades. So, you know, we are at a size now where we can write checks for training. But, I mean, I, you know, even if it's, you know, I encourage some of our subcontractors who start a business, guys, if you want to catch up with me for half an hour, come and do it, particularly when I see they're getting a bit ratty and they're sort of off the rails a bit. Um, the shame of it is sometimes you're right. I know they know it all. They don't need to see me. Well, that's okay. You don't need to see me. I'm, I get it. But can I tell you, you're making the, exactly the same mistakes I made at year three and year five, and I can just see it coming at you. And it's really simple to fix. But anyway, that's um, that's our industry. That's yeah. I'm just curious to know, Michael, you mentioned training. What are your thoughts on mentors then and or coaches, business coaches? Um, we use... The small or medium use, business owners. I, I look, I, I think it's critical. I mean, I... Um, I, I do some mentoring. I don't think I'm a particularly good mentor because usually I, I, internally I'm a better mentor than I am externally. Um, we have all of my senior management have access to several different stimulus around business coaching, organisational coaching. Um, we use two or three different sort of varieties of that. Um, we, you know, we, we run leadership training um, to, our, to our apprentices. We run, that's um, not one-on-one mentoring, but, you know, an, an apprentice or a cadet with some potential. Um, we put in our legendary leaders course, as we call it, and, you know, we, we talk to all of those things that I've just talked to. Your capacity to lead, not be not screw screws in, is what I'm paying you for eventually. Um, your capacity to actually deal with a cranky subby and use your communication skills is as important to me as the piece of concrete you pour in that day. Um, you know, your self-ownership, self, self-awareness, those things are mission critical to me and what, you're a much better person in my business and you make me more money. I'll be blunt about this. It's trainees and for, you know, it's it's great to have but unless it's making money, it's a waste of time. We're a for-profit business and I'm like sounding overly mercenary, but that's the reality. So, um, you know, to me it becomes a no-brainer, the training and, and um, 
you know, I, I want us to be, we're nowhere near where I want us to be yet, but I want us to be known as a training organisation as much as a building business. That's fantastic. Look, uh, I wanted to, I want to move it on to uh, giving feedback because that's, you know, really the business insights we want to touch on. And we yep. know that business owners need to give feedback. It is so important. Yeah. Yep. What are your tips for the best way for leaders to give feedback to their employees? All right. Um, look, I'm going to start that I used to be really, really terrible at giving feedback and I'm certainly far from perfect at at the moment. It's really hard. Um, I'm going to start there. So anyone listening, I don't want to sound like I'm this guru on feedback. Far from it. I've got staff who work for me who are very good at it. And early days in business, I was terrible at it. Um, again, what I've learned over the years is that basic honesty wins every day. Um, Gus Nat, we've, we've had this chat before. You know, we've talked about expectations. It's just not there. What's going on for you? What's going on for me? And you can keep it at that really personal level versus yelling down the – so, you know, I'm – this is basic stuff. Natalie, I'm feeling like we've had this chat before. Um, I'm sorry. I just can't see the improvement. We've talked about doing two things a day. You're only getting half a thing a day, whatever the piece of maths is. It needs to change. This is how I see you changing. If it doesn't change in two weeks' time, we're going to have to go to a formal warning stage. Now, <coughs> excuse me, I swallowed some water the wrong way. Um, you can bang on forever. It's, you know, the, the big piece is actually taking the deep breath and calmly going, I have to give Gus feedback today or Bill feedback. Or if it, if it goes on, um, you know, the, the other piece, other, it goes on, there's always it festers and becomes a sore. The other piece is I say to you, the first piece of feedback I'll give you, and you go, Michael, it's all really wonderful, but you told me you were going to give me two widgets. I've only got one, and the business hasn't performed to its expectations. And I'm going, cool, I didn't know that. As a feedback loop, and I think feedback needs to be a loop. It doesn't need to be one way. If it becomes too one way and finger pointing, it it really becomes you, you being beaten up by me, and, and and sometimes you need to be blunt, and the person may feel, feel that. Um, but the, the, to me, it's a loop, you know. Nat, you've said that. We go, okay, we'll clean that up. That manager who was managing, he maybe wasn't as, as good as his gig as I thought they were. So let's tidy that up and let's go again. Um, feedback needs to be constant. It needs to be a loop. Um, people talk about, I'm about to give you some bad feedback. Well, there's no bad feedback. Feedback's feedback. It's my view of you today. That's confronting, though. That is confronting. We're all guilty. I am guilty of going, you know, I talk about the three-person conversation with two people in it. I'm talking to you now and I go, hi, Nat, God, we've got the shits with Gus today, haven't we? Well, let's get Gus in the room and tell him, you know. So <laughs> let's not spend all day talking about someone else when we should be giving feedback. And, look, I'm guilty of that, you know, that that conversation. And it's a challenge I throw out to my senior management team particularly. There's no three-way combos in our, in our business unless three people in the room. Um, you know, it can't be two of us talking about. It can be going, hey, how do we support? We're concerned about that performance piece over there. What are we thinking is the best approach to move that forward? That's a reasonable conversation. Um, and then we go, well, look, let's catch up at 9 o'clock tomorrow and let's both have the conversation about our views on that piece. It's it's not easy. I'm still not good at it. Um, sometimes it's really hard to pick the feedback particularly if you've worked with someone for a long time and they're relatively good performers and there's just something not there and you, you quite often I just go, I don't know what's going wrong. I'm just not happy with how you're tracking at the moment and is there something I'm doing? You know, just throw it out there. And, 
you know, I'm fortunate I've got a few managers that I've worked with long enough that we can have that convo and go, there's something that's bugging me at the moment. And very often it's 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 a two-way piece that I've said something of. We just haven't cleaned up a little sentence. So it's getting it on the table as quickly as you can. That's scary if you haven't done it before. And I, and I, and I you know, Carson, you know, you, you've been in leadership and management a long time. I don't know what you, don't know how you give feedback. I'd be happy to hear your views yeah. on feedback. Yeah, for me, um, uh, I agree with you. Uh, number one, uh, if you want to give an effective feedback, that culture has to be in the organization because no one can chew an elephant feedback, especially when it's a constructive feedback. I mean, you, you like what you mentioned before, Michael, everyone want to come to work for a good intent. If the first meeting at nine o'clock with the owner uh, they have to chew a uh, elephant mistake. I mean, you know, that will become problematic. And I agree with you. Um, uh, I never say it this way, but I actually take a note that I will use from now. Feedback have to be in the loop, right? So feedback loop, constant feedback loop. Organization have to create an environment where whoever, the carpenters can actually say to the MD, yeah. hey, Michael, Thank you for your feedback, but you haven't given me enough uh, tools. Uh, I'm still using hammer and nails instead of uh, <laughs> power tools to actually working on this. I mean, you know, you expect me to uh, to finish the house in two days. I mean, uh, that's that's yeah. 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 The, that, other that, yeah. the other piece of that, Gus, is is you know, it's it's you know, the guys who work for me for a long time and in my senior team, they they're. 200% permission of going, what the fuck were you thinking? Excuse my language. I yes. You know, what, what planet were you on? What, we were talking about this and you went that way. That's not what we talked about. And quite often when, I'll, when I'm talking with one of my, or anyone, hey, where's my bit in this? You know, we're not performing like we normally perform, particularly when you work with someone for a long time. Where's my bit in this? Because there's always 2%, 10%. You're always part of the problem. Let's be real. We're not perfect. Yes. So, hey, what's my bit in this? That's not an outcome that we talked about. Did I? And that sort of disarms someone a little bit. And and I'm genuine about it. There's all, I know I'm always part of the problem. Um, it might have been a little bit of nuance in the expectation setting. It might have been particularly with high performers, you know, um, you, you know there's something you couldn't, you, you, sorry, quite regularly there's something you could have done better or differently. Um, if, if then, you know, if someone wants to respond with five excuses about something that I've done or not done, that's a different conversation because you can pick an excuse versus genuine feedback usually. Michael, I just want to compliment you on that statement. Uh, once again, I haven't heard this statement and Natalie can second this where you said, as a leader, you will be part of the problem. Ah, always. Just the accountability of your leadership. I mean, I mean, uh, this is a public live show. I mean, it's so easy for the MD of McNabb to say, well, uh, you know, there's a lot of problems, but you openly said, I'm part of the problem. Doesn't matter whether it's 2%, 50%. I mean, that's just that's incredible. And it doesn't mean then you can't have a strong conversation about someone's lack of accountability. I'm, I'm, I get, I get, oh, that's been my bit, but I'm really sorry. You, you could have owned those three things way differently, and you haven't. So let's, you know, I'll go away and do that. But this is what I want going forward. So you, it still can be a, a crystal clear conversation about someone else's accountability, um, and or reflection. You go, you know what? I'm going to go away because I actually didn't realise how much of an impact I've had on this issue. Give me, come, give me 24 hours, and I'll come back to you. 
There's a few different responses. And when you trust the people you work with, that becomes quite easy. Um, but, you know, someone new in the business even, I, I, that level of sort of transparency or bluntness, they struggle with sometimes. Once They've got to get used to that feedback loop. And yeah. Bring, and bring them on a bit of a journey on that. Yeah, and, and, Michael, you know, not everyone likes receiving constructive feedback. So, and... It not only is it hard to give sometimes, but being on the receiving end, sometimes it can be hard. And I, I love, I'm a big believer of feedback both ways, as a leader and also, you know, the other way, going to the team. So how do you actually, what's your advice in dealing in these challenging discussions, let's say, because it it's tough, especially when you're pulling up someone on how they're performing. Yeah, I give you an example, Michael. So my chicken shop employed this this uh, loyal employee named Natalie. Oh, again. Okay. <laughs> so Natalie is, uh, you know, she's been working with me in the counter. Uh, but, you know, time to time, uh, she tend to play with her phones to check on her uh, <laughs> LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> you know, and I know it because I'm, I'm standing not far from her cooking the chicken. Right? Yet, she's the only one I got. This is the problem. Giving a feedback is one thing. But in my chicken shop, Natalie is the only one. If she if she's not happy and walk away, uh, unfortunately, my wife don't want to, you know, work with me. So how do you? Not only the question will be, how do we give that difficult feedback? Hey, Nat, stop playing with your phone. But also the risk of she's walking away, and I can't yeah. have a small business without no one. Yeah, Gus, you've hit on two really good points. Call it fear-based feedback based on the fact that you're fearful to give the feedback because you don't want to lose that employee. Um, that's something I grapple with regularly. Um, I Again, I've got to say, and it's, again, it's easy when you've got 300-plus staff and you, you've, got, you've got replacements. I'll, I'll come to the defensiveness pit shortly, but, you know, I, I know that I have site managers who I know should have got rid of a leading hand reform, but they're fear-based because when's the boss going to give me new more resources and I can't do it without it? Um, there's a few things I'd say to that. I, I think there is a conversation and the phone one, you can play it out and look, if the person's a defensive nut job and they leave, they leave. That's and You, you know, I, I get that for your two-person show. I have to say my experience when you do feedback properly, and by the way, it's a taught skill. It's not just something that you, you know, hey, Natalie, you know what, it, it, it does offend me when you're on your phone so much. You work really hard. Um, you know, I jump on Facebook from time to time as well. Look, if you could just, you know, if you don't mind doing it, not even the front of the shop, I don't know what the conversation is, but, <laughs> you know, you've got, if it's really getting under your skin and you're going home every night and whinging about bloody Natalie on the phone, you, you've got to address it. And, and I understand the fear-based paradigm to it. I, I get it. Time and time again, um, you, you know, you go into a meeting with expectations. Um and going, if I say that, you're going to say that. I can hear you now coming back at me and, you know, it becomes AB. Again, my experience is that when, you, when you're you really honest and, and, and not angry and I'll use, I'll use this word clean with your feedback, most people will respond to that and go, oh, okay, we probably didn't understand that. Um, and certainly, you know, again, that I'm genuine about what's my part in the game, what's my accountability piece, but... You know, saying to someone, listen, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to work through the chicken shop example, you know, you've probably <laughs> Sorry, seen me on my phone. No, no, but I think it's an important one. You know, you've probably seen me on my phone. Is that giving you permission to be on your phone? I probably, you know, as the owner, I feel as I can and, you know, I feel you shouldn't. 
it's lots of bringing it back to you, not being aggressive. I mean, I get the scenario, get off your phone and we'll get Nick Bossom out to the next chicken shop. So there is a skill to it. And and when you're fearful of not having a staff member, it's really hard to do. And, and we, I talk about, you know, that fear-based paradigm. I mean, if you're in a fear-based giving feedback, it comes out and ends up AB. You know, so it, it, but it's a hard skill to learn, guys. So I've, yeah. I've got to be honest. So, are you saying to us, or, or you know, through us to the audience, at the end of the day, we are accountable for uh, for your decision to own a business and to run a successful business. You need to be strong in giving feedback, as long it comes from the right intent. Yeah, wow. yeah. And, and look, the other piece is if, if 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 it's pissing you off, if it's upsetting you, um, and you're prepared to wear it. Don't don't let it burn a hole in your head. Like if if, if you're not prepared to give the feedback, let it go, because you know that's the other bit. Don't don't hang on it, particularly when you're a smaller business. I mean, you can get emotionally dragged into lots of, you know, the receptionist doing something wrong on the counter once a day. Gets you know, which is not material to the success of the business, um, perhaps. Um, don't get either deal with it or don't deal with it. Don't let it sort of burn you and and you can run that through to big issues as well with senior managers you know um either be prepared to deal with their behaviors or give them feedback pretty quickly yeah but don't sit there and whinge to everyone else about it because it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's doing your own head in plus burning everyone else up at the same time and what you say don't even complain to natalie uh, about natalie when i'm talking to you without natalie here yeah. exactly right, right. That's, that's happening business i love this topic because you say Yes, we we yeah. do it every day. I, I do it every day. Bloody Bill, you know, to, to Tom. God, he's annoying me at the moment. You know, it's that sort of human reaction. Or, gee, he's done a good job, even. You know, God, what a cracking job Bill's done today. Well, let's tell him. <laughs> you know, let's tell Bill. You know, good, good, bad, or ugly. And again, I don't even like. I shouldn't. One of my rules is no. There's no good, bad, or ugly feedback. It's feedback, and, and it's how yeah. you know you want to own that feedback. Yeah. yeah, that's so important. Something you mentioned, uh, Michael, was giving feedback is a taught skill. Yes. So for anyone listening out there, how can business owners actually learn to give feedback better to their staff? Do you think it just comes with the, the experience? Is there something? Because it is well, tough, it, and that's why it's such a debatable topic. Certainly I've had coaches coach me to do some of that languaging piece. Um, so there's no doubt you've. But, but practice makes perfect. I mean, if you're giving feedback regularly, it just comes part of your day job. You walk into an office and you go, guys, the office is looking a bit scrappy today. What's going on? And then, you know, talk about owning hearts and minds. There might be a few new kids on the block and they go, oh, it's a bit tough first minute. And, and you know, well, come on, that's not our expectations, McNabb. Our expectations are this, but it just becomes part of the flow. Um, of your day, I mean, that's probably a poor analogy, you know, scrappy-looking office. But if you're practising going, hey, I, I just I just got off the phone with you and I, you know what, I, you said X and I'm, I'm now bothered by it. Can we just, just that? I'm bothered by what you said. Can we just go back to that really quickly because if this is, you know, what did you mean? Oh, that's okay. I don't like that then. But don't let that go for three days. But, it, you know, that... And again, I'm I'm not good at this. I, some of my managers be listening to this, laughing and going, "You're not that perfect at this, mate." And they're right, um, but, but I expect them to be perfect at it. But you know, it's it's um, you know, it's that constant practicing of it. It's that constant, "Hey, that's not right." Well, don't let it go for a day. Just raise it then. 
And it's, you know, so get some coaching around it. There are pretty good people who can coach that sort of stuff. They're, it's, it's um, and, and not, not coming at something angrily and, you know, and as I said, I, I'm a great believer. It's, it's real. Whether you're 2% or 20%, you're part of it. You, you've created a culture and outcome or a lack of expectations that have, have let something happen. So clean that up. And go, okay, well, so we're clear now about my expectations. Maybe we weren't clear. We'll, we'll touch base again in a week's time. And then once we're crystal clear and we've agreed and they're still not performing, that's when you go, well, look, you know, this is what it's got to look like now. But, again, this is not easy. And I think if the intent, uh, if the initial intent is actually equally for the development of the person, right, uh, and that's the difficult part because as a as a leader or as a business owner, like you are next level to a leader because you are actually owning the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the boundary of actually the right intent to develop when they're clearly making a, uh, making a you know, a mistake or something. It's, oh, uh, I, mm. I, I've said this to people that in the past when they've, they're not feeling um, as though my feedback has been... Um, perhaps balanced or, or perhaps I've gone, well, you know, you really haven't performed and they're really struggling with it. One of the things I'll say is, listen, I don't waste my time giving feedback to people I don't want to see in this business for a long time. I've got more things to oh, do yeah, than give feedback to you because you just, I know you're not up for it. I'm giving you feedback, number one, because I've you're not hitting your potential. And I'm coming at this with a huge level of empathy. You've got, a lot of, you've got way more in you. Um, I'm really sorry. You're nowhere near it at the moment. Um, I'm giving you a half an hour of my time explaining my views. And, yep, you can get defensive if you want, and that's okay. Um, you won't last long in my business if you stay defensive the rest of your life. Um, so I can be pretty blunt in that piece, but th- it really is important for them to understand I'm spending half an hour with you um, because it's important to me and it's important because I like you. I think you're good at your job. I think you've got way more in you. Um, and one of my key kicks is getting someone from A to Z. So, you know, that's another approach about, you know, I, I wouldn't be wasting my breath on you if I didn't want to develop you. It's not about me yelling down the phone. It's about me developing you as a person. And, and Michael, for all those uh, listeners out there who are now, you know, questioning how much feedback they give, let's say they give very, very little feedback. So if we flip this, we focused on, you know, the importance of giving feedback. What are the risks associated then with, giving little or no feedback. So they're, you know, completely uh, just don't want to give it. They're either afraid, they can't do it. What are the risks associated with that that you would see for a small or medium business owner? Look, I mean, there's two or three risks and, and look, there's the cultural risk. I mean, I've had staff leave and we haven't cleaned up some really poor cultural behaviours quickly. I mean, that's potentially at the bigger business level. But, you know, what I've seen it at three to ten people staff where you've got one, you know, call it the cultural terrorist. It's a bit of a, again, a <laughs> and you're not cleaning up. You're not going, you know, inappropriate behaviour, not right. You lose a good staff member as a result of not cleaning that up is, has been my view. Um, you know, if, you, if, if someone's in a commercial role, they're not good at making money, you lose money <laughs> unless you're giving feedback. It's as simple as that. If your job is to sell at 10 bucks and you're selling at nine bucks, I'm sorry, it's not good enough. You know, we need that extra buck of margin. And if you're not giving feedback in the minute around, well, do you know how to get to 10 bucks? You know, we'll give you some more training. Um, are you just not up for that role? It's, it's, it's business destroying. And then 
even if they like that person, the high performer sitting next to them selling for ten fifty, you're selling for nine. Boss, what are you doing? We got this bloke, this lady, not carrying their weight. It, it my experience is it knocks the other staff around, and it knocks your business. It knocks bottom line around. I, I think it's, you know, we 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 have removed high performers for cultural issues, and and we've and we've kicked out great cultural people who are low commercial performers. You've got to balance both. Yeah. Michael, and, can I also add, you know, uh, just for the interest of the audience, when we're talking about feedback, I'm sure you're not only talking about feedback to fix something. I'm sure you are a person oh. that gives compliment feedback because empowerment oh. breeds success as well. What's your view? Oh, oh look, Gus, absolutely right. And I, I'm, I suspect I'm 70% feedback positive versus 30. And it sounds like we're talking negatively the whole time here. Um, walking onto a site that's humming and seeing a team that's just gelled and or seeing a young guy go, young girl, young guy get from A to Z quickly, I just love it. I'll, I'll sit down with them and go, that's really well done. Tell me a bit more about what you did, what we did. No, I love it. I, it's, it's, it's the best feedback. It's easy. Wow, we, you guys are going well. That's an awesome outcome. Um, I'm not great at giving praise, but I mean, it's it's. Um, I, I tend to. What's next? Let's let's go to another high bar. Um, but look, the, the value in you know acknowledging um, is just a massive, and it's and 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 also going. You know, what an amazing outcome! Are you up for the next step? You know, that's that's a little bit of me going not being happy with anything, but. Um, that's not true. Very happy, but knowing you've got more in you. Hey, there's more in you, you know. By the way, you've done a really good job, but I can see more. What are we doing about more? And that that's also another way to, to talk about hearts and minds. If someone's up for that um, sort of promotion or up for that next challenge, um, hey, you've just done a cracking 12 months, and by the way, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know, you've got way more in you, and that, that's that's fun to that feedback. And it needs to happen regularly. <laughs> And now that we've, you know, we've spoken about the fun, um, positive feedback, I'm going to hand it over to you, Gus, to wrap up because we are hitting time. No problem. Thank you. So, Michael, once again, uh, thank you so much for your time. You know, just listening to all the message and insights on leadership and uh, in particular the importance of feedback um, open our minds. Um, and and there are things, and if you don't mind, I'm looked down because I write few things here uh, that I will take on board even in my organization peer life today. Uh, capturing heart and minds, showing possibility, take people on the journey where they be their best. I really love that, right? Uh, the first message when we spoke today is about bringing people so they can be their best. Are you leading or are you managing? We need both because we are a business. But be clear where your position when you talking to your team. Treat people like people. I like that. It's not a textbook. It's not a rocket science. You know, I don't like rocket science things. Leadership should be as simple as we are surrounded by people. Let's treat people as people. Everyone come to work to do the right things. Uh, you know, Michael, I think... Uh, Natalie, after this, will resign from my chicken shop and apply jobs at McNabb because so far I don't <laughs> treat her uh, right. Isn't it, Natalie? Every day you make a mistake looking at your phone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Capability and capacity of leaders 
is a is a today challenge and our effort as a leader to make sure that we develop in our capability and capacity to look after others is important and be a leaders that can say i'm fine even when you're not uh, i'm not saying that you have to lie uh, especially in the time where we need to ask often are you okay uh, but if you are fine you need to say it as well you can't be a leader that just wake up every morning and said i'm not fine everything is broken you you guys doing a bad job no say i'm fine because you create a culture of calmness feedback is not one way uh need to be feedback loop and need to be constant and i, I like that term uh, uh you need to have three way feedback if you start talking about someone else <laughs> like michael i love this message from now on we bring natalie into the conversation every time we talk about her uh, as leader now this is the part that i really love right this is we talking mcnab managing director saying as leader you will be part of a problem <laughs> right accountability yeah. at its highest right i it's just unbelievable and lastly give feedback often with the right intent to empower your people to do their best work. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Uh, very insightful and I think uh, small things like this become the big things to create a successful business. Uh, thank you for demonstrating that through Magnet. You know, we we love your business and uh, you run a big business and uh, uh, outstanding message today. Well, thank you, Gus, and thank you, Natalie. I, I do appreciate the time. It made me think about a few things as well. So thank you both. Thank you to you both. Wonderful. Thank you, Michael, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. For more information on Leader Talk or for some great resources to help your business grow, check out brainiac.com.au. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Leader Talk. 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 Leader Talk.